The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the news team at LinkedIn, I'm Jesse Hempel, and this is Hello Monday. Welcome to episode three of the Creator Series. Today, we'll talk to husband and wife team Fabiana and Matthew Ferrarini. They launched an online fitness program in March of 2020. It's called Queen Warrior. Now, timing is everything. Do you remember March of 2020? That's when so many people stopped going to work or the gym. If you lived in New York like I did, you didn't even want to go running outside. For community, for fitness, for all of it, many of us just had screens. That spelled opportunity for Fabi and Matt. A year and a half later, their scrappy company has grown to 40 people. Of course, it didn't just happen. Fabi had been building an audience of fitness enthusiasts on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter for nearly a decade. Today, Michaela's going to talk to them about what they've learned about growth and about timing. They'll explain how they capitalized on a lucky break in 2015. And they'll tell us about that app that they tried and failed to launch a few years ago. You know, for most people, success is not a straight line. So stick around to hear Michaela and I break down Queen Warrior's lessons after the conversation. But first, Fabi and Matt's story begins a decade ago in Philadelphia, where they live. Matt worked in design and construction when they met. Fabi was already a young mom, fighting postpartum depression. Fitness, fitness was her way out. Here's Fabi. I would like literally cry to Matt every single night, like, what am I going to do? And so a friend of mine at the time invited me to like a Groupon fitness class. And I was just like, screw it. I mean, what else do I have to lose? Like, I still haven't found what truly like speaks to me. And I tell you, like the first class that like I attended was magical. You know, it was magical and I felt amazing. And so that's when my passion for fitness grew. It was my light at the end of the tunnel. It was what allowed me to kind of like heal partially and find something that helped to ground me. So she was really dealing with a lot of this on her own. She found fitness and it was instantly like, okay, she loved it. You know, she was going to the gym all the time. We went from like eating pasta and, you know, (laughs) curry chicken and all this amazing stuff to like, you know, Brussels sprouts and, you know, really smelly vegetables. It was a big shift, but it just showed you how much she was really into it. And I don't think she actually launched her first boot camp until maybe 2014. So it was probably about three years of her working on herself and learning everything she could about fitness before we made it a business. So it started off as a simple boot camp. And it was like $5 a class. It was, it was like about $5 a class. At the time, like Matt had like bought me like a Honda Pilot, but like an old one where it was super spacious. And every Saturday I would load up my car, dumbbells, ropes. And a funny part is that at the boot camp, it would just be my sister and my sister-in-law. <laughs> but I was prepared because someone once told me when when you do something and you're truly passionate about it, You do it as if you have a thousand people in front of you. So that was like my thing. I'm like, I'm going to show up with all the equipment as if I'm expecting 20 girls. 
and my sister and my sister-in-law will show up and I was just teach it as if I had a room full and it was like spreading like wildfire. Then it would be like my sister-in-law from his brother's wives and then they would be their friends and then it would be a little bit of my friend. So it was like, like little by little, it, it started to like grow till I had like a wait list. Bobby's passion for fitness was infectious. She started posting photos on Instagram and then in 2015, she had a breakthrough moment. Bobby won a fitness challenge and was photographed for the cover of Oxygen magazine. And then we utilized that, like, you know, I, I was on TVs, I was doing interviews, I was hosting, like, fitness events. So little by little, I was building that community. After the magazine, got a lot of publicity, but we also worked really hard to maximize that, that opportunity. And you know, we launched an app. It was called Fit with Bobby in 2016. Mm-hmm. And we were all excited. We put all this work into it. We launched it and it was it was great. You know, I think we got like 500 signups the first month. And then we started having like technical difficulties. And then we didn't really know how to scale beyond her organic following. At that time, we didn't really have the digital marketing skills. So we kind of like went up and then like went down. You know, it was a failed venture. And I think that's important just to note that because we learned so many lessons from that, that properly gave us the experience we needed when we launched Queen Warriors this past year, then I think that all plays to the success when we did launch March 23rd. So fast forwarding, during that time period, I was still running my company, which you know she helped me out a bunch with. The pandemic changed everything. By this point, Fabi had amassed 20,000 online followers. And while the app hadn't worked, she was trying to figure out what else she could do. So the couple sat down and mapped out their next game plan. So we were in a pretty challenging spot as most Americans were, you know, across the country. I'll speak for myself, it was a scary time. And we were trying to figure out what what are we gonna do? And I remember, you know, we had a conversation at our dining room table and, um, you know, we thought about, okay, what businesses were negatively affected by this pandemic and of course like construction was one of them and restaurants and all these different things and then we started to think well what businesses can actually thrive during this pandemic what businesses are needed during this pandemic so we really looked on the other side of it and we said well gyms are closed you know and people are at home i know i know i was eating like (laughs) 10 times the amount I usually do. So I'm just like, people are at home, they're probably eating a little bit more frequently, people are a little bit more stressed. So we're like, well, what if we do at-home workouts? You know, she's only had this fitness brand for 10 years at this point, and she's been, you know, giving so much value and just kind of like helping people out. And okay, what if we did at-home workouts? And Fabi had the really great idea to say, well, what if we do it live? And I was like, live? I'm like, I never thought about live, you know? And she's so good with social that, you know, she's always up on that and like watching things. She knew about Instagram Live. And we said, okay, like, yeah, live would be cool. That was probably like March 18th. And we hosted our first session a week later. A week later, <laughs> March 23rd, um, which is crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, you you both don't waste any time. You have an idea, you're going to go for it. And I love that. And I would think as well that, you know, gyms are closed uh, at this point. And so this seems like a no-brainer in some ways. But starting a business is no joke. 
I haven't started one, but from what I understand, um, it's no joke. And then you add the pandemic and the stresses there. What did you really expect to come out of this? For me, honestly, it, like I'm a, I'm a woman of faith. Faith is at the core of everything. And for me, like I knew that period from my our film venture, our first one to now, like for me, it, I felt like it was God's way of telling me like, I need to continue working on myself and I need to continue being patient because something is going to come. I knew when I taught classes physically, it just filled me so much. So like, I knew that's where I belong. Queen Warriors, it, it's truly been like such a healing process for me. And even as I teach women, it's like I'm speaking to myself as well. I expected that women would meet me where I was and I would meet them where they were. And I think that's what also made her really excited because it's that continual building, not only of the women, you know, these thousands of women, right, 25,000 women now, but it's also building herself up and having her, that accountability as well. Like she always says like, yeah, I'm holding you guys accountable, but you're also holding me accountable. It's a nice dynamic that continues to grow and evolve. But she knew it was going to be big. Oh, yeah. You know, like she... It's weird. When I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm running all my business analytics, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, initial investment, ROI, if we get to this amount of members, growth rate, all of that stuff. And, you know, she's just like, yeah. And I've never heard her say this. She was just like, yeah, this is going to be big. Like, <laughs> even before we launched, like, she just knew. Now, the thing that's going to be big here... That's Queen Warriors, an online fitness platform. People like me can pay for live workouts, as well as a catalog of pre-recorded videos from Fabiana's hand-picked wellness gurus. They address everything from nutrition to wellness to even choosing the right swimsuit for your body shape. Now, building and growing a content platform fast took a lot from both Fabi and Matt. I asked them what they've learned about working together as a married couple and how they split responsibilities. That's I'm like working question. together as husband and wife. Uh, it can be tough so sometimes. I can say, it's, you know, I've ran and I still run. I have a family business with my mother. So, I, you know, I had experience working with family for over 10 years. And I'm thankful for that because that was like my, you know, bachelor's degree and PhD in like family business. And I learned like, <laughs> a lot of what not to do, probably more of what not to do than more what to do. So at, at this point, he handles a lot of like the back end. I, I still contribute to it as well. I the, mean, the if, show. from a technical <laughs> standpoint, like, you know, she's she's the, the primary talent, but she's also like the head of fitness for the company. So she works with other instructors and, you know, cure, kind of, you know, works with them on developing their programming and everything. Um, and she's also like the face of the company. So she's also like the spokesperson, you know, all the advertisement, all of the, you know, Instagram posts, all that type of stuff is, is all her, um, where I'm probably, you know, I would say, you know, CEO and probably at this time CMO, we make all big decisions together. What is your thought process in getting people engaged um, and coming to Queen Warriors? There are a lot of different programs. Instagram is like a feed. You can just keep scrolling and, and seeing different levels of business competition. How do you market yourself differently and how do you use Instagram to do that? For me, early on, I realized that people are no longer looking for like that perfect, pretty life and like that happy everyday's. 
you know? So for me, I want to be transparent. I want to be raw because we don't really see that as much. So when I curate my posts, I always make sure that it is as transparent and as honest and it's it's me to the T. Like, I want people to say, oh my gosh, like I met Fabiana and she's exactly who she is on camera versus outside of camera. Because I can't tell you how many times I've met a lot of social media influencers that were one thing on social media. And when I met them on person, I was just like, <laughs> that's not the same person. Like, this is creepy, you know? So I continue to always make sure that I am as transparent, as vulnerable, and raw as possible. Yeah, and this, and that, add to that point, it's funny. It's just like her emotional senses or needs have translated to good business practices. I think that is one of the single best strategies you can implement, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of what kind of business. If you're a graphic designer, you know, show people you actually designing graphics, show people when something goes wrong, you know, show people not just the good, you know, but the bad. People are going to relate to you a lot more. The minute she started being transparent, which was a process, it took her time to grow in her own you know, journey. But the moment she did it, it was like the catalyst for everything else. It was it was like it's, it's crazy. And it still continues to be that way. As a content creator, what are the um, biggest lessons that you've learned putting yourself out there? What do people not understand and about being an entrepreneur that you wish they did? I was at flexibility, adaptability, which kind of goes with embracing failure because most people we speak to, it's like, I want to do this. They're scared to fail. So I'll say embracing a failure, like knowing that it's perfectly normal and it's actually encouraged and it's part of entrepreneurship. Any single, you know, you know, super successful entrepreneur, they're going to have a list of failures that led them there and that taught them lessons. I, oh, I also want to add staying true to like what you really want to accomplish. I feel like when entrepreneurs early on, we, we feel like, oh, like imagine if I would have just quit when my first launch right. like failed. You know, so it's just like about trying different times. It's not going to hit on the first, the second, the 10th, the 20th. Maybe it's going to take 20 different hits before you get a home run. But it's just staying true, committed to your goals. And and also finding a, a, a group of, of people that like encourage you because not everyone's going to see your vision. But there is a small few that are going to that are going to see it and are going to be your biggest cheerleader. You know, if you feel like that's that's exactly what you want to do, like, go for it. That was Fabi and Matt Ferrarini. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Michaela and I look at what the success of Queen Warriors can teach other creators about timing. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing. New currencies come and go. Decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the LinkedIn Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I've got Michaela with me. Hey, Michaela. Hi, Jesse. How's it going? It's going well. You know, I'm beginning to get a real sense of how you spend your time here, Michaela, in this series. <laughs> we had Amanda selling jewelry, and then we had Kev on stage in his amazing comedy. And this week, we have exercise. How did you How did you find Fabi and Matt? I think like most of us, you probably <laughs> put on a couple pounds <laughs> over the quarantine period. And I was, again, scrolling through Instagram, checking out all these amazing creators. And I saw one of her ads pop up um, for Queen Warriors. And I thought, you know, this is pretty affordable. I've been, I'd been working out at this point in the gym on my own. And I figured maybe this was a, another step to um, get those last few pounds off. And I checked it out. So, Michaela, you were one of the the people who found Fabi over the pandemic, but a heck of a lot of people found her before the pandemic, which is why she was even able to launch this business, right? Right. I mean, she started exercising a decade ago for herself, started exercising with others seven, eight years ago, um, and then she had this lucky break. I want to talk about that lucky break a second because, you know, I think... A lot of people, when they're on this journey, they have these micro opportunities, these doors open, and it's what you do with that opportunity once that door is opened. Um, So describe what that break was. That break was that Fabi won a fitness challenge from Oxygen Magazine, and she was a Latina cover model. And... um, she was able to capitalize on that. Um, she went on some various interviews on TV and she, you know, she hit it up with marketing and she was really able to kind of catapult all for that and create momentum. Michaela, I'm just going to stop you there a second because you said something, you just skated over it, but I thought it was like so important. And that is that she was the first Latina cover model for Oxygen magazine. And she was able very in a very savvy way to use that to tell a larger story about herself on social, wasn't she? I think so. And I think over the last few years, especially, we have seen a push for marginalized people to really find their people in media, in companies that they want to invest in or, you know, buy their product or services from. And so she was able to come out and say, you know, I know that you've had opportunities to work out with fitness gurus who don't exactly look like you or come from the same background as you. And I think that just being able to get out there and say, this is me, I look like you, come work out with me, really helped her gain some momentum. And, you know, she pointed out that she always tries to be completely herself in her posting, that she tries to make herself vulnerable. And then it was Matt who pointed out that that actually represented her business savvy, right. that the 
the closer she got to being herself in this context, the larger her following and the more people were drawn to what she was trying to express. I think that is often the case for the best creators. I think we've seen that each creator so far has shown you a look into their lives. Um, the ones who are successful don't keep the facade up um, and say, this is me. And then outside of me, um, my friends get a different me. Um, she spoke about meeting other influencers uh, as she does her work and how they were different from, you know, the person that they portrayed to be online. People connect with genuine um, people. So I want to talk about platforms a second, uh, because Fabi became quite active on Instagram in the earlier days of Instagram, right? 2014, 2015 is when she was getting on it and starting to build her following. And there's such an advantage for a creator who gets to a platform right at the moment when the platform is positioned well for growth. I don't know that she would have the same success if she were starting new on Instagram right now. She might, if she were starting new, be looking at a different platform like, I don't know, TikTok. I, <laughs> I won't even presume to guess. Um, but how important is choosing the right platform to grow on, do you think? I think it's in extremely important. I think even just getting on, we heard Amanda talk about, you know, wanting to have vintage what handle. Um, if you get on early, you can you get first pick of the handle that you need, but you also get a chance to beat the competition that's going to come on at a later time. Now we have so many fitness companies. We have so many fitness models and, and influencers on Instagram. She's already cornered the market in some ways because she was on there early. She started her following earlier. And once you start getting those follow accounts, they tend to, you know, grow a lot faster once you have um, a, a great base. So I think getting on the earlier, the better. Right. But it's tricky, right? Because you also have to make a bet on a platform to be that next big thing. So right now, for example, <laughs> I, I'm watching people who flocked to Clubhouse six months ago mm -hmm. now kind of look up and think, well, was this the right bet for my time? Is this where I should be building my community? <laughs> and so it seems like one of the tricks of being a successful creator is to diversify right. and always be ready um, to try something, but to move on quickly if it doesn't work, right? Yes, you're going to have to pivot. I think the pandemic has taught us a lot about pivot. That became the word of last year. But you're right. In some ways, you have to make the decisions. You want to make sure that you get onto these platforms early enough, but you don't want to put so much time into it that if it fails, then you have nothing to look on. But if it does fail, we heard a lot about failures this episode, which I thought was so great. You definitely want to be able to take those lessons from there. So maybe now you were, if you built a platform on, on Clubhouse, you're looking and saying, well, what were the big things that came out of this that I can take away? What do did I enjoy about this? And what did my audience enjoy about this that I can take somewhere else? Uh, I loved that. Um, and then Last, I mean, we have to touch for a second on on the timing itself, on the fact that they started this business on March 23rd, 2020. <laughs> I mean, even now I can remember exactly what was going on for me on March 23rd, 2020, because that was such a critical week, at least in the Northeast, and they were in Philadelphia, around the pandemic and quarantine. It was really when things were shutting down and there was so much fear. And it was right at the moment where... Like, I don't think that they realized that they were starting a company, per se, so much as 
really throwing something up to see if it would stick. I commend anyone who's who's <laughs> ventured out and started something at the beginning of a pandemic or doing it. But um, they were able to say, what are the needs that people have right now? And I think if you're thinking about starting something fresh from scratch, you really want to look around and say, what are the pockets? What are the holes that if I created something, I can fill a gap here and I can make some profit off of it, honestly, um, because the need is where you're going to find um, the audience that you need to reach. Well put. Um, well, thank you so much, Michaela, for a third really great story <laughs> here. This week on Office Hours, we're going to talk about how to ready yourself for that lucky break should it come to you. You know, Fabi and Matt absolutely did that in the way that they grew their business, and you can do it too. So come join us. We will go live, me, Michaela, and our producer, Sarah Storm, on the LinkedIn news page at 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. You can find us there, or if you would like the link, email us at hellomonday at linkedin.com. And next week, be sure to join us for the final episode of our four-part creator series. I can't believe it. TikTok fans, I am talking to the Korean vegan herself, Joanne Molinero. And we're going to talk about her journey and how to turn your side hustle into a full-time thing. This guest was suggested over the summer by one of our former fellows, Sam Roberson. Sam, I know you're listening. We are so excited that Joanne can join us. And if you're a longtime listener, you'll notice that this is an experiment with a new format for us. What do you like about it? What needs to change? Help us figure it out. Send us a note at hellomonday at linkedin.com. And as usual, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find our show. It does. It really does. Hello Monday is a production of LinkedIn. The show is produced by Sarah Storm and Taisha Henry. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Oriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is our technical director. Victoria Taylor and Gianna Prudente are master creators. Our music was composed just for us by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. This series is the special brainchild of the one and only Michaela Greer. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. I'm Jesse Hempel. We're back next Monday. Thanks for listening. <laughs>